0: Hello, and welcome to the D&D Podcast, where we talk about Dungeons & Dragons for a solid hour. <laughs> I'm lying to you. Uh, it's the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm the host. Joe's with me. He's the co-host. Say hi, Joe. Hello! You didn't do it. I gave you the opening.
1: I, You know, I decided to throw a curveball. I've been doing it every week. I decided to change it up.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're here. We're going to talk about stuff. It's been an interesting week mm-hmm. for blizzard and blizzard games um i may have forgotten some stuff because the stuff i did remember was pretty big and it kind of swamped my brain but we'll talk about this first up we found out last week i think just after the show was recorded literally that's, of course it was literally yeah yeah um but shadowlands has been delayed we don't know when it's coming out at this point we, we know it's not going to be on at the end of this month as was originally stated we also know, we now finally actually know when the pre-patch is coming out, which we didn't know. We didn't have a date. So it's like they sli- they switched the universe around, and now we know exactly when the, pre- pre- the pre-patch the is coming out. It's next Tuesday. It's Tuesday as we record this. So seven days it's going to be out. But we have no idea when the actual expansion is coming out. Uh, they delayed it for a variety of reasons, which they went into in a couple of posts talking about the, the game. I'm going to let Joe talk a bit about what he thinks and then I'll come in and talk about what I think and then we'll probably talk some more about it because it's a pretty big deal. So first things first,
1: I do think delaying the game was the right call. I think that things weren't quite balanced enough, uh, not quite where they want them to be. Uh, And I think that delaying it is probably the the, the smart thing to do uh, for the longevity of the game. As players, I think we're okay to feel disappointed in that. But I think when the game releases, we're going to be much happier for it. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with some of the other reasons that they gave for it. The thing that I'm not okay with uh, was the onslaught at Blizzard from a particular part of the player base trying to force them to change, uh, in particular, the conduit system. Um, Because players wanted to min max and weren't happy with... Uh, certain players were wanted to min max and weren't happy with the fact that there was a weak cooldown on changing your conduits. Uh, so now the blizzard's walking that back because of that onslaught, and I think that that's just wrong. I actually really liked the idea of conduits getting, uh, you know, having a bit of a cooldown, having a bit of a decision. I didn't want them to be things you swap between boss encounters because I already did that enough over the last 14 years. Um, So I'm a little upset about that, but we'll see. Maybe it won't be as bad. Uh, But yeah, that's the short version.
0: I will say that one thing I do agree with in their response when they wrote about the conduit change is the idea that initially too limiting a single weekly reset also fails to draw any distinction between someone who only wants to adjust a single conduit and someone who wants to clear and rebuild their entire soulbind tree. Mm hmm. That I agree with. There needs to be a difference agree with that. between those two things. I agree with that. Um, I do. I'm, I wasn't. I straight up did not care that conduits would have a weekly cooldown. It did not bother me. But I am not trying to push high-end content here. I am trying to push it even less than Joe is. Joe is in a fairly stable ten-man group that does a lot of content that they they're not going we're for more the first thing.
1: No, but we're we're actually bigger than ten man now. Surprisingly okay. enough.
0: Are you up to twenty or something?
1: Yeah, roughly around twenty usually.
0: So, so he's got a, a stable group of people who push content. I go with my friends when I feel like it. Uh, so, I, I, I tend to do some raiding, but I don't, I don't raid nearly as much as Joe does. So, it was even less of an issue for me than it was for him. Uh, but that being said, the conduits were not the only problem that the beta was having. No, it wasn't. Uh, one, one problem the beta is having, and this is real important for people like me, and not tremendously important for other people is that the balance on the the uh, the level-squashed content across mm-hmm. the board is not there yet. And it's not even close to there. And when you're trying to get push this thing out at the end of this month, which we're already like six days into, you need it to be a lot closer to there than it is.
1: Yeah, especially um, when that's such a big, big point of this expansion, right?
0: Yeah. Um, the scaling is not in it's not proper yet hi hi doggie that's on the live stream uh, the scaling is not ready yet there's a bunch of other problems there just tends there's a lot of stuff that needs to get fixed and done and polished it's not that the bones of it aren't good the bones of it are i think just the shadowlands zones themselves are some of the best zones that blizzard's ever designed there's a lot going on there's a lot of interesting stuff in them they're really beautiful even the ones that are horrible looking are beautiful they're they're beautiful in their horribleness if that makes sense like revendreth looks it, it is fantastic if you ever played a ravenloft game oh yeah you'll love revert
1: 100 absolutely
0: um, but there's a lot that still needs to get polished and bolted down and it'll be easier to do it if you're not trying to do it while also the game is live um trying to fix and adjust a live running mmo versus trying to adjust one that's in beta huge difference um we can go back to the
1: days of vanilla when uh the server would go down because they didn't have a choice because the game was live and the only way to fix that huge horrendous bug was to actually tear down the server get in there update it and then put the server back up there was no backup at that point in time you just waited and there was points in time where we were getting refunded days and days of time because they had to do it on a live you don't want to do that on a live service you don't it's awful uh we in in the programming language uh or uh, people that i uh, that are listening uh dev is not prod and dev should never be prod and that's what happens if you're working in prod things just go real bad
0: yeah and it's it's definitely a case where I think that there's there's enough issues, not just balance-wise, but, but polish and, and fix-wise, that it makes sense. That it, I, I have no difficulty with them doing this. But I do want to say, for people who are mad for, for whatever your reasons are, as long as those reasons aren't abusive, I you have the right to feel bad about this. You have the right to be upset about it. Just don't uh, be you abusive. Were told, you were told you were going to get this at a certain time. I know people who've made vacation plans over this. Mm-hmm. And I, if you've done that, yeah, it, it really blows. It's really bad. I get, you know, in some cases you probably can't get that time back. And so you're looking at a week off work, uh, that you will have, not have the game to do anything with. And that's a, I get that that's a problem that's upsetting, but, and I, I hate to do to sound like the, the guy scolding people for getting upset. I really do, but I've seen some real jerk behavior. Yeah um and i've seen it aimed at people who are not in any way shape or form involved with shadowlands (laughs) they're they're not game designers at blizzard They're, they're tangentially involved with the game they wrote a book or what have you when you find yourself that angry that you're lashing out at anybody even sidereally blizzard related you need to do something else with your time go for a walk get a speed bag You know, read a book. I I know I've got a few on for sale. You can read them. Then you can hate me. Feel free to tell me how much I suck. I don't care. Um, but yeah, this is this is not a decision that was made lightly. There's no way a. I'm just gonna say this. Activision Blizzard is a multi-billion-dollar company. Mm -hmm. There is no way they make a decision on a release date and then want to walk it back.
1: Yeah, especially consider consider Activision and their track record. You take Blizzard, the Blizzard side of the house out of it. Activision will push out a game that's not finished just because they want to hit that date.
0: Yeah, because they have stockholders.
1: Yeah, this is a this- big deal. This is not a light decision.
0: No, this is the kind of decision that you have to go up to like the, the people who run the company, and by the company, I mean Activision. You, as Blizzard, have to go to them and say, I understand that we put out a release date. I understand that our shareholders will will notice when our stock price might drop because we do this. But if we put this game out like it is right now, the the public relations issue is going to be a disaster. And keep in mind that this is the Blizzard that put out Warcraft 3 Reforged, thinking, oh, well, it's got a few problems, but we can fix it. They have learned from that experience. It may feel like, oh, it's got a few problems, but we can fix it. But it's better to fix those problems before you get it out. Once it's out in the world, you have no idea what those problems are going to start doing. The more people are playing it, the worse it gets. This is – is it disappointing? In some ways, it's very disappointing. In other ways, I'm actually pretty excited because now I know exactly when the the pre-patch is. And that's something to talk about. We didn't know when the pre-patch was. No, we didn't. (laughs) We kept just kept going, and the, they kept not telling us when the pre-patch was and not telling us. And it was like, when is this game going to go into the new, new version of itself? How much time do I have to get stuff done? And now we know. If you're playing the live game right now, if you're playing retail, you have a week. Less than a week if you're listening to this recorded. So you now know. By Tuesday, October 13th, you better be done. Whatever it is you want to get done before it changes. Maybe you want to get the the mounts from various mythic bosses. Uh, Maybe you're trying to get your head of the curve. Whatever it is, you've got till next Monday. And then you're done. And I think that's pretty cool. The the pre-patch is always one of my favorite times of any expansion. Uh, I don't know how Joe feels about it, but I'm going to let him tell us.
1: I am always skeptical at pre-patch because one of two things always happens. It is either ridiculously fun or I feel like I can't play my main character for a little bit because everything hasn't caught up with it. So I'm nervous about pre patch time. Uh it's one of those things where like I, I want to experience the, the content and everything, and I'm I'm excited for what's coming, uh, but I don't know how it's going to feel. I haven't been playing on the PTR, so I don't know.
0: See, for me, I, I always remember when Wrath of the Lich King got into the Cataclysm pre patch and warriors DPS went insane. Yeah. As in it was something like I was playing one of my alt warriors. I wasn't even playing my main warrior. And before the pre-patch, the gear I had, which was pretty good gear, it wasn't it was it was mostly the five man dungeons and the stuff you could buy with like badges and so forth. So pretty solidly geared. I was ready to go into ten man content. 10-man raid content on that character 10-man icc i didn't do so but i could on that character but that character was dps because at the time i had a tank warrior that was actually running ice crown he was geared to the teeth but i didn't dps on him. so i had a dps warrior that i could have fun with the week before the pre-patch i think i said it's like 2600 dps which was pretty good it, that was like solid at the time it wasn't like earth shakingly good for a five minute but it was solid the week the pre patch came out, my DPS jumped to nine thousand.
1: Yeah, it was. I remember warriors, warriors were, were broken, ridiculous. guys. Yep,
0: they were just straight up broken, and I loved it. And even when they tried to fix it, they didn't fix it enough, and we were still super broken. And I remember I made a shaman cry, trying to keep me, you know, trying to keep me alive because there was no way the tank could hold threat on me. I There's,
1: didn't cry.
0: You didn't, you weren't, it wasn't you. <laughs> we didn't actually play much until the end of Cat. that
1: end of is Yeah. I was just yeah, making it, it, it. I wanted to make a joke for it, the sake of making. No, the joke. no,
0: it was, yeah. I'll say this. Joe's one of the best healers i ever had. Um, I love tanking with Joe in my group, but that, that, that pre attaches. This stayed with me ever since, even though, and burning crusade had a nice one too, because that's when we first got Titans grip. So I suddenly had a Titans Grip warrior. So I was like, yes, yeah, I'm going to hit everything. We need you to tank this dungeon. You better be able to tank me in Fury's pack because that's the only way it's happening. Uh, but yeah, so, but there's also been ones like, uh, I think the cataclysm to, to uh, Warlords of Draenor. It was, no, it was Mists. Cataclysm to Mispatch wasn't very good for warriors. Uh, I think I played my Death Knight more. I'd switch back to my Death Knight and play that more. And that's the kind of thing I'm interested to see what happens here. Because we're going to have that happening. We're going to see how it actually plays out for multiple people. I've been in the beta for a while. I think most classes are fairly well balanced at this point. Um, I won't say they're perfect. And I certainly won't talk to a class I don't play at all. Like I haven't played... I'm, I'm thinking about spending my 120 boost on a Shaman. In fact, I very much want to. But I'm thinking about waiting until it just turns into a 50 boost next week. Because that's when we'll get the new character design options. And that's something we should probably talk about. That's next week. All the new character design options, all the new, yep. the new facial stuff, all of that, that's next week. If you've got a thing you want to do on your character, a look you've been thinking about doing, you get to do it next week. And it's free. You don't have to spend money for the character redesign. You don't have to spend money for, like I think, gender changes in there. Like You can change your character's gender for free now, too
1: yeah I think well not free it's cost gold but I think i i, I, no, think if I remember-
0: oh golden game yeah okay yeah
1: golden game um but I think the new the new version
0: of the Barbershop goes live I'm eighty percent sure yeah I'm pretty sure that that is next week and so that's amazing quite frankly that's I'm happy just knowing that that exists uh I'm trying to think loose well, we should talk do we you want to like go into detail on the conduit changes or do you think we're just enough to say that they're They've made, they're changing the way the system works. I don't think there's much to say yet. We don't know what they're going to do.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's much because we don't know what they're going to do with it yet. They haven't really talked about what they're going to do with it. Just that they're looking into essentially rebalancing and restructuring it. Which fine. Um, once we know something, then we can talk about it. But I think I think right now, just notating that they're going to be making changes to that, and they're also looking at changes to. Uh, the Maw and Covenant balances, and making sure that that gets leveled out as well, because there were some concerns about how those balance out. Um, yeah, the
0: Covenant thing—I'll I'll say up front. First off, thank you for talking, so I could get a drink of water just then. That was you're welcome. Uh, in fact, if you need a drink, go. Um, but you know, one of the things about the Covenant balance that I do think is—they is need to get closer on—is—is is making it so the Covenants feel different, but don't. F- there's not one that's just head and shoulders above the rest and you have to take it if you want to DPS or tank. And also something that I really didn't like about c- corruption. And I think Joe is actually a better person to speak to about this, but I'm going to bring it up and then he can, he can expand if he wants to. Um, I did not like that. Corruption did not give healers squat because I yeah. have a Holy Pally and she got nothing. I mean, nothing from corruption. So Joe, you want to talk about yeah, that for so... a and how
1: that might work? Yeah, this is one of those things where, like, corruption just bothered the heck out of me. It was one of those things that, as a healer, there was literally one thing. One thing that I wanted, and it was the one one weapon that increased intellect. Everything else was all secondary stats, and that's boring. Um, So, I'm just kind of sad that corruption didn't really offer anything for healers. It was boring. It was something that like DPS players, even tanks that I, that I raid with or that I group with would talk about, oh, I got this cool thing. My corruption does this. And I'm just sitting there like, I get more, more crit. Yay. Like it's good. It's functionally good, but mm, so I'm okay with corruption just going away. Uh, I'm not going to mourn the loss of that. And it's not that it was bad. It's just that it didn't do anything for me,
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's happening next week. If, by the way, if you if you are playing like with a specific build that's like corruption really built specific. around corruption, yeah, that that's going away. You're losing that as of next week. Um, yeah, the level squishes next week. Uh, yep. That should be pointed out as well.
1: Yep, you get to you get to experience the new glory of your new maximum level uh, fifty.
0: Honestly, uh, to me, it I, it feels fine. Like I don't, I have not felt much. I have not felt bad at being level fifty as opposed to being level one twenty. Although it is kind of funny to me that as of next week, your maximum level in WoW retail will be fifty and your maximum level in WoW Classic will be sixty. Your your WoW Classic character will be ten levels higher. (laughs) Yeah. That's weird, isn't it? It's weird to say. Yeah, it it is kind of strange. Uh also um one thing I want to bring up just for transmog fiends, because I'm a transmog fiend. Next week you will be able to use your artifact in transmogs that you can't currently use it in. For instance, right now on the if you're watching us as we stream this, my my fury one of my fury warriors is standing around. In as of next week, I'll be able to use the arms artifact appearance for in fury. So I'll have t- I could be able to have two of the arms artifacts equipped as a fury warrior or I could use the fury two-hand the, the double two-handers. I could use one of them on my arms appearances and while you you're thinking okay but what does that give me like if i'm a a, a prot warrior i don't get anything but you kind of do because you'll be able to use the shield or the weapon separately so you could actually dual wield the axe from the axe and shield combo as a fury warrior since they're now going to get one-handed weapons back so there's and that this means for every class like if you're playing a shaman you can now dual wield two doom hammers or do wield two of the flaming lava hammer that you used to get as the do, as the doom hammers offhand. Yep. You can do wield two of those. Uh, or you could use it as a as a re, say your resto or elemental. You could use the lava hammer as your main hand. So there's a lot there's a lot more flexibility coming to, to transmog and I wanted to bring that up because it's pretty cool. I, I don't think they've added in the thing where you can turn off one shoulder yet. They've talked about doing that. I don't believe that's in yet.
1: Um, I don't think I, so, I don't know, but I want that so badly because I love yeah. asym- asymmetrical shoulders.
0: Yeah, I know. It's it's absolutely one of the things I'd love for them to put in. I, I think in general it would be nice if you could like have one glove or one boot. Obviously some things don't work that way. You can't like have one pant leg because pants are like one piece.
1: I mean, I don't know. I saw plenty of pirates in this expansion that had half of a pant leg. Yeah, well. <laughs> Unfortunately,
0: it's not so much for Transmon. <laughs> uh, we could go into a whole discussion about the fact that the reason that they're called pants is because pants used to be singular. Yep. Like you'd wear a pant, like panty hose. That's how pants used to work. But but I digress. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. I think that we're also going to start seeing the... I don't know when we'll start seeing it is the thing. I don't know when they're going to turn on the pre-expansion event. I don't know if that's next week or what.
1: Yeah, and um, I have I'm, a feeling they're probably going to, uh, this is my opinion, I don't have any insider information, I would not be surprised if we don't see it go live until like three weeks before release. Yeah, um, that makes it's, sense. I yeah, absolutely it's, that. yeah, I think it's going to be one of those things because we know that it's going to be ramping up over three weeks, that that's when they'll drop it is when they, we have a release date, we know when it's going to be that three weeks before the release date, we'll see the first, uh, in, in, first bit of that uh so we got some time got some time before we have to worry about the scourge invasion
0: yeah but that's you know that that will be it will the files will at least be live but we know that one of the things that i tell you right now is if you're a big uh old content farmer you're going to get an interruption i think a lot of stuff that you can do right now is going to be a lot harder to do
1: you're gonna have to Uh, relearn a lot of that yeah
0: not just that the scaling is not on yet like it's not right and it won't be right next week there's no way it's going to be right so that you can just go and clear stuff that you can clear right now. But um, on the silver lining, that might be fun for some folks. That might make things more interesting and require you to actually
1: do group stuff again for some of the older content.
0: Yeah. Could but be, I will could say this cool. much. I will say this much. If you're a hunter, though, you can get Elagon next week. Yes, you can. And there's a bunch of other stuff like that. So if you're a hunter, uh, I know that you can... I know from experience that up to like Mr. Pandaria content was pretty easily farmable on the, on the, uh, on the beta. I was not having trouble. It was, it was anything from warlords up that was starting to get hinky as, as you might expect, as we get closer and closer to this level and the compression mm-hmm. gets more mm-hmm. extreme. Like one of the, I, at one point I went to warlords on a level uh, 47 character and warlords was like level 45. Like I was, I was actually having trouble with some things. So, keep that in mind that the the scaling is not perfect yet, but I think at this point we should probably move on to them, their emails, Uh, unless you've got anything else. Do you want to add Joe?
1: No, no, not at all. I think we covered everything.
0: Alrighty. So yeah, if you have an email for this year, podcast that we are doing. uh, And once again, I seem to try and move into an Ozarks accent. I managed to stop myself from actually doing it, but it's always the, the move is there please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast of blizzardwatch, or you can hit up our discord channels. Uh, we've got the patron Q and podcast questions channel and the Q questions channel. The patron one is of course for patrons. And uh, if you are a patron, you get priority because that is why one of the benefits of being a patron go to our Patreon guys. It, it, it's helpful to us and it allows us to do stuff for you. Uh, but yeah, you can, you can ask questions there as well. Several questions for this one actually come from that because we were kind of having a slow question week. I think everybody was pretty much like, what, what's going on? So yeah, you have questions. Feel free to ask us. Uh, Joe's going to read them for us. So if you don't mind, Joe,
1: I absolutely do not mind. And if, uh, while I'm reading these through, if you have any questions while for our live chat, since we do record this live, feel free to kick them in there. And if I see them, I'll be happy to add them in as they are Appropriate. Our first question. Uh, Ouya. Question for the Blizzard Watch Show. You are in charge of WoW development. What one change would you do to the game if cost, time are no longer a factor? For me, I'll change current specs selected and do a spherical tree where, depending on the nodes you choose, you can build your character any which way a la Final Fantasy X, sphere grid or PoE style. A mage with warrior charge, a paladin with warlock spells, have at it. Go ahead, man. What do you got?
0: Um, this is something I think about from time to time. Uh, every so often I think what I put multiclassing in or there's there's a game, this is a game I played a long time ago and it's it's relatively famous, but it hasn't had a new game in years. Remember Dungeon Siege? Yes. Yeah. The original Dungeon Siege had a thing where it didn't, it, it basically was like if you wanted your character to fight with a sword, pick up a sword and swing it and you'd get better at it as you went. Mm-hmm. and if you wanted your character to do spells start trying to cast spells and you'd get better as you went and they did it for like a bunch of different abilities in the game it was interesting I don't know how I'd adapt it to World of Warcraft the problem I have with all of these kind of questions is is I have to stop and think about World of Warcraft f- without thinking about the way it has always been
1: Yeah, that's, and that's hard because I've played this hard. game
0: for a long time Half, almost
1: um, half my life
0: <laughs> yeah it's uh, I, like to, to put it into perspective, I started playing World of Warcraft two years before I got married, and I've been married for 14 years. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a long time. I think one of the things I would consider doing, which would, it isn't as it isn't as as like radical as what's suggested here, for example, it's not the Sphere Grid or POE style, but I would definitely consider making class respec a thing. Yeah. and by class respect, I mean
1: roll a different class or roll into a different yeah, class.
0: Yeah, uh, or roll your character back to level one and get to pick a new class and then level up. Yeah, that that, that I would consider that because there's a cost to it. It isn't just okay. Now I'm a level one twenty, you know, mage. It's okay. I want to keep playing this character who I'm super attached to, who I've been playing for years, but I want to play a different ca- different class making a thing where like once a once a year or once every six months you could do this once and that way you get to keep that character you don't need to have an alt and switch between them all your achievements would still be there all the stuff you collected would still be there yeah but you were now level one and you had to start over again and i get why not everybody would love that idea and but this is my answer not everybody else's I would think about doing something along those lines because I'd like, I, I feel sometimes like that would be something I would want to do.
1: I would do something very similar. One of the things that I really like about final fantasy 14 is the job system and the fact that that's exactly how it is. You have one character and you can change the job and level the job. And that's one of the things I appreciate about it. And I think one of the items that sort of holds wow back Um in a perfect world for me, if I had nothing but uh, time, money, no longer being a factor, uh, and I could do it, I would bring a system like that here. and And the reason is, it would do a couple things not just not just that, not just being able to change your 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 class on the fly. It expands the game out for players, right? Because one of the things that you can do at that point is take a look at how experiences earned, how players experience the game, and say, does it make sense with this? And so then the systems have to morph and change or evolve to sort of fit that sort of character play style. And I would absolutely love to see that. And and it's, again, it's because if I do my slash played on Loader, uh, because I've been playing him for 16 years, it's a stupid high number that I've invested into him. Um, and don't get me wrong, I like my alts, but the idea of, yeah, so I worked with all these druids, maybe I learned a thing or two, or, you know, I got real up close and personal on the front lines during the wrath of the Lich King, you know, maybe I picked, learned how to do a little bit of grunt work with an ax. Um, I would love to see something like that, that, that lets you spend more time on your main but still lets you experience the game in the way that you would if you were playing an alt. If I could have that, I would probably be exceptionally happy and have far less complaints about alts in general because I wouldn't have to worry about them. I just play Loader all the time. So that's my answer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there are other things I think about when I think about this. Um, One thing I've suggested a lot is splitting the warrior class into two different classes. Um, And... I've gone into detail about that one before. I don't know that I need to repeat it, but that's something I think about from time to time. There's lots of little things that I would like to play around with, but yeah, I think that pretty much my answer is my answer too.
1: Yeah. All right. Our next question. Hello, cold ones. I have a question about Diablo 4. What class would y'all add if y'all could add any class you want? Go hog wild, D&D classes, wild classes, classes from Pillars of Eternity. D- I don't care. I just love listening to y'all go uh yeah so what do you got
0: well you answered the, I answered the first last one first you go first
1: <laughs> oh and I think this is from Verd the way no, these are I think
0: he did the next one
1: no because I think he's both maybe uh
0: maybe uh, I don't think so. hopefully I'm hopefully the one it's that actually, not... I'm the one that put this in and I'm pretty sure verd is is just the next one he just answered it he just signed it twice.
1: All right. Well, either way, Cause, um, cause he,
0: did it, he did it on the discord, whatever.
1: That's fair. That's a real tough one for me because there are a lot of really cool classes that you could probably throw in, but there is one thing that I would love to see in wow. That will never, ever, ever, ever happen. Uh, and that is something that is psionic base, uh, something that deals with mind magic, uh, I'm trying to think of it. Wildstar had one and it was absolutely phenomenal. I'm trying to remember Esper. The espers from uh, Wildstar were absolutely amazing. They were telekinetic, telekinesis monsters. And I would love, 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 love to have them in WoW. Uh, Especially now that, uh, you know, is no longer a thing cannibalize it bring it back but it was just it was a lot of fun it was this it was this wonderful idea of mind bullets and side blades and uh, illusions and nightmares and 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 it had this wonderful feel that reminded me of uh, city of heroes with controllers give me that i would absolutely love that
0: okay well your questions about diablo 4 um, so some classes i would say i won't mind. say for diablo 4 because it wouldn't work, um, and obviously barbarians are in Diablo Four, and they're pretty close. Like it's it's pretty solid, you know. It it has that feel of a of and of a D barbarian, so I don't I don't need that. I can't I don't have to say that. Um, I was thinking about this because I was looking at this, trying like as Joe's talking about doing size, and size are some of my favorite character. of my favorite classes have been size over the years. Um, but one of the things I'd love to see in Diablo 4 is a more indirect class.
1: Okay. We don't,
0: we don't have a lot of what I'd call party focused classes in Diablo.
1: Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of like buff bots or anything like that because it's not a game the
0: that you've ever played D and D with a bard. Yeah. Bards aren't what I would call a buff bot. They do have abilities that make their party stronger. Their utility um, though. But they're, they're, if your party doesn't have a, a high-level wizard, suddenly your bard can play that for you. Are they as good as a high-level wizard? No, but they can, do, they can do the role. If you don't have a rogue and you need somebody to be doing investigate checks and finding traps, your bard can do it. Not as good, but they can do it. There's something I love about the idea of a class that can do anything anybody else can do. Maybe not as well but they can if there's a role that needs to be filled they can fill that role with the possible exception of the 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 fighter like the the high the high melee damage damage take damage deal damage types bards can't really do that but they can do practically anything else and they can make the party stronger at the same time like they can give inspiration so i honestly feel like a bard would be interesting in diablo 4 yeah and i can see that the bard is bard is like one of the, my current like my 5e favorite classes i've never played one because i know how terrible i would be at it uh, i can barely handle cleric and cleric for all its complexity cleric is significantly less hard to think about than bard because bard can practically do anything just not as well um, yeah they they, I mean, they literally
1: have a jack of all trades like yeah. thing
0: anything the bards in, in DD are kind of like druids in in wow not druids in Diablo who are completely different and, and are gonna come in anyway. But wow druids who can kind of do anything, but they tend to do it in a way that's sort of like a ripoff. Uh bards in DD are sort of like that because it's not so much a rip-off, it, it's just they do it their own weird way. Like their spell casting, their their party buffing, their their leadership abilities, their skill abilities. It's all flavored in in a very specific Bardic way, which I like. And one of the reasons I, I've always one of the reasons i'm thinking bard could work here is because dark sun brought bards in yep and made them terrifying yep if you can have a an, a bard work on athas you can have a bard work on sanctuary um and like the way that the, the athasian bard worked was they were they were cold-blooded murderers they because that's how everybody on athas was a cold-blooded you murderer had to. but yeah. The Bard did it in a really cool, interesting way. And I think that they could totally work in Diablo. You could make them like, you know, the the scoundrel type class that they had in, in, in Diablo 3, you could like make them like that, or you could make them like a hype man, or you could make them like a manipulator from behind the shadows. You could do a lot of interesting stuff with it. So I'm going to say Bard. I'm going to say I would like something along that the flavor of a Bard from d and I would bring to Diablo 4. If you we were talking, wow, I have a completely different answer, but we're not, so I won't.
1: Yeah, I think that was a good answer. Uh, okay, now let's move on to our question from Verdigree. To the witnesses of Demeter's Wrath! Two questions for either podcast. One, I was curious about the population size of the Horden Alliance, and I thought some of the answers I found, though based on no longer canon RPG books, might be fun to discuss, especially because of, for a time it was canon. Uh, The numbers I grabbed from the WoW wiki page for the Horde Alliance, Stormwind, and Orgrimmar, who get their numbers adding various numbers from the RPG setting books. Orgrimmar at 16,000, Stormwind at 200,000, the Horde at 290,000, the Alliance at 800,000. Never really noticed the Horde was so outnumbered before. Had always imagined them as a much bigger in number. I think all of this is just fascinating. And then two, uh, speaking of Hades, what are your thoughts on one very big difference between it and Shadowlands? Namely, in Hades, whether you are a god or mortal, Shade, you'll return over and over, where as far as I know, in Shadowlands, you've only got one chance. Yours, Verdigree. P.S., congrats, join your Hades clear. Thanks, Verd. Verd got to watch me as I triumphantly slew Hades. It was great. Uh, so yeah, uh, the first part of it, the horde has always been smaller than the alliance, but uh, it makes logical sense. I don't know, the numbers are not accurate, uh, and for and that matter, I mean, they might not even be, be accurate fair. currently.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I think with the the addition of, you know, say the Cinderai or the Shalderai, mm-hmm. that they've gotten some big numbers boosts. The Zandalar, uh, the High Mountain, yeah, they they some pretty. High population groups have joined the horde over the years. Um, I think that they probably have seen a lot of the. If you look at the allied races in particular, a lot of the yeah, allied yeah, races yeah. that join the alliance are small groups. Like we got the light forged. I don't know how many light forged there were, but it doesn't feel like it was anywhere near the population of like the non-light forged drani that joined. Um, the The void elves. That's that's a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the high elf population. I don't know. I don't know how many void elves but, we got, but we didn't get that many.
1: Yeah, and I mean, but to go back to the original thing, like when the horde was first conceived, like think about this: when the horde was formed, it was orcs that traveled from across time and space uh, to go from one dark portal to the other, and then wage war, and then they were left behind. Then they were in concentration camps. And when you get to, uh, by the time you get to Warcraft three with the whole thrall storyline he's freeing orcs but he's got a small number of them and got enough of
0: them that he could steal boats to get them across and he didn't have to steal like a couple thousand boats
1: exactly and then think of the races that he aligns himself with at the time the torn dark
0: spear trolls are just a small group of trolls
1: yeah they're very small subsection of trolls that have been basically looked down uh and ostracized across the other trolls have their own problems and has Basically, become almost nomadic uh, in their own right, and as a result, have a low population. Torrent, who up to this point were forced to be nomadic, and when you're that type of culture, if you look at it, it's really hard to have a population boon. Even historically, like nomadic tribes of people, they could maybe well, maintain. Plus,
0: it's not, it, it isn't like they, you, you point out they were forced to be nomadic. They're specifically dealing with an enemy that was too mobile for them to fight. Yeah. Like they couldn't the centaur would not stand and fight. They'd simply make a raid, burn all their resources and run away and do it over and over again. Uh, denying them direct combat. If the if the centaur had tried to stop and fight the toran, then the toran probably would have killed them. But they've realized we're faster, we're going to keep doing this and, and drive them around. So yeah, they the the tribes of toran that joined the horde probably didn't Number more than a couple thousand.
1: Yeah, and then even when the Forsaken joined the Horde later on, at this point, this is one of the whole cruxes of the the original Sylvanas argument. Her people aren't; they can't reproduce. Their numbers at the point don't grow; they only dwindle. When when a Forsaken dies at that point, when the Horde was first, you know, formed in terms of we know it uh, in World of Warcraft. There was no replenishing numbers canonically for Forsaken. There was no mechanism for it. There is now, ish, uh, but that was the whole thing. Like once we die, once we're we decompose, once we are in pieces, sorry, that's it. There's no one else to take his place. Even the nomadic tribes, uh, you know, if somebody passed, there might be other young ones to take their place at some point. Uh, It was just one of those things where the the horde started way back when, from that disadvantage point of being woefully outnumbered. You know, the Alliance had better infrastructure, had, even despite all the wars, had better lay of the land, had... I mean, you go outside of Stormwind, what's the first thing you see? Farms. It is just an entire zone sitting outside of of Stormwind that's farmland. They have infrastructure to support a large population. They have mobile military, where... You know, before everything hit the fan, before cataclysm, before all that stuff, they had people that would patrol. They had safer ways to get from point A to point B. They had a structure in place to help facilitate population boons. Uh, it it's one of those weird things where canonically the alliance should outnumber the horde back then, but now I'm not so sure. Like Matt
0: pointed yeah, out, mean, we, we we've had might, like a lot of deaths. We've had like you know multiple deaths. wars
1: cataclysm itself balanced that a little bit as well
0: yeah i think also like i said the horde has recruited like you know they've recruited at least one race that's got its own giant city you know i mean surmar by itself probably brought in as many people as orgrimmar had by itself probably significantly more surmar is a far more advanced city surmar would have been like surmar was like two you know quellthalasas and they hadn't had massive die-offs. They didn't have an army of undead walk right through the place. Um, they had the, the the legion, but the legion didn't kill them. You know, the legion you know had them join. So, yeah, there's there's a lot to the idea that the horde has been catching up numbers-wise, and the the alliance when it's been adding people hasn't been up until the mecha They hadn't added anybody with like a real like civilization like that that was based in numbers. Yeah, they, the, the mecha nomes, however. They now have a, you know, Mechagon is like a big fortified industrial city with a high population. Um, So that might've actually boosted the the Alliance numbers somewhat. Uh, But the other, like, and and also they added the Dark Iron. The Dark Iron have actually a pretty substantial city. I mean, they've been through a lot and they've had a lot of problems with like, you you know, fifth columnists who serve the elementals, but Nevertheless, that you know the Dark Iron and Cultiris, you can't really take away Cultiris either. That's another one. So no, not at all. At the same time, they've they've been adding numbers, but I I think the Horde is definitely caught up to a degree. I think the Alliance probably still has got a two to one numbers advantage uh, over the Horde. This is just speculation. Uh, this is not based on anything I can whip out and say exactly because of this, but I do think that the Alliance has lost a lot of its numerical edge, partially because if you see the the numbers cost of the, you know, at the end of Battle for Azeroth, you see the numbers cost of the war. Darnassus is gone. Thousands have died. We don't know how many, Night Elves took a big hit there. I don't think that they were wiped out. I don't think that their population is like as bad off as the, the Blood Elves were, but it's, that's a hit. And it's, the only reason it wasn't as bad is because Darnassus was not as important to Night Elf culture. The tree is only twenty years old or so. I don't even think twenty. I think ten. How not? I don't. Twenty and yeah. So it existed. It was there, um, and a lot of them moved to it. But there were plenty of there are plenty of night elves who live in other places. Unfortunately, those places also got hit. Like Ashenvale got destroyed. Darkshore got burnt. They you know the horde burned their way right up to Darnassus. So they took a pretty big hit. That that's there. There's and that's not the only group that took a big hit the you see in stormwind people are talking about you know after this we're going to start sending farmers um i think that was uh again who's saying that to anduin he's like that's the last of the, the the actual trained recruits after this we're going to have to start sending farmers and that happened in in wrath of the lich king too yep uh the people from westfall yeah. went up and fought and then they come back and they're like yeah we were we were gone fighting in that war and meanwhile." Like our, our home like our home area, Westfall went to went to the dump. Nobody was taking care of it. And that happened. Red Ridge had similar problems. So there's definitely a sense that the Alliance part of the problem is the Alliance groups are just not as united as the Horde. They they just straight up aren't. They each have their own problems, they each have their own systems and their ways of doing things. The 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 dwarves had their whole War of the Three Hammers part two thing going on for a while there. And even now that they're more stable under the, the council, there's definitely a sense that the dwarves didn't know for a long time, if they wanted to be part of the Alliance or not. Well, the, gnomes mean, at had the wild their own hammer the
1: Wildhammer didn't want to be part of it until they were absolutely yeah. forced to like, they actively avoided assisting the Alliance for until cataclysm. Like yeah, they... pretty much. So,
0: and the gnomes had their problem that they still haven't quite figured out about Gnomeregon. At the same time that the trolls, the dark sphere were actually finally reclaiming the Echo Isles and, and making themselves a home base, the gnomes kind of half did so, but didn't actually succeed in getting rid of and reclaiming Norgannon. So in a way, Nekagon was a big deal for them because now they actually have a home base. Uh, there's a lot to there's a lot to be discussed on this subject. I definitely do think that, you know, it, it's kind of hard to look at Stormwind and Orgrimmar in game. They both look to be about the same size. But if you watch the Warcraft movie, Stormwind is massive. It's very big. It's like it's like Rome or Byzantium or London in the medieval period. It's 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 a big city. Mm-hmm. Whereas Orgrimmar is started out as a group of like tents in the desert and only got built up like it did when when Garrosh came around. Garrosh was one who was like let's make an actual city here. For better or for worse. Yeah, and that's one,
1: that's one thing that the game like will will never be able to truly show to scale is how big Stormwind really is, because it, we it would basically be, in my reckoning, equivalent to an entire zone,
0: or like Darn like like um, not Darnassus, sorry, uh, Dalaran. We're never yeah. going to get Dalaran the way it actually would be, because if you look at the actual size of Dalaran when you go there in game, it's not that big. It's like, you know, there's some stuff, but it's like there's this hub, this hub, and then this central area. And that's basically it. And be, the actual dollar in is massive. Um, it's massive enough that they, they were like seriously talks in game about the, why didn't they just fly Darnassus over and, to, uh, and just drop rocks on Orgrimmar until it was just a ruin. You know, I keep saying Darnassus when I mean Dalaran. That's unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, so, so scale in game is a little wonky. I don't like these numbers. Are I don't know how accurate they are. In fact, I don't think they are very. Accurate I don't think at they all. are right
1: now. No, again, in, even in Invert even mentioned straight up that a lot of these are you know based off of the old RPG book, which during the time, uh, yeah, that was the only source of population numbers we had. Um, so yeah, having it based off of that, totally
0: get it. Absolutely. Actually, the next question: I have not played Hades, unfortunately. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about it, but I have not gotten a chance to get it yet. Uh, but I will say this. I don't think functionally there is a big difference so that I I mean, maybe, okay, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, I was going to comment on it. I think I feel, I don't think there's a big difference. One of the things you have to consider, like from the video game perspective. Yeah, I totally get it. But for me, that seems like the traditional, uh, sort of ideas reversed, right? It's not Hades that you can go back to and be reborn from in true mythology. Uh, once you're in the world of the the you know the underworld, once you're in Hades realm, any of the three realms, whether you're in Tartarus or Asphodel uh, or Elysium, you're there. You don't leave. That gate is closed behind you. Uh, there's a whole big thing with Orpheus and trying to get his uh, his lost love out of there. And, you know, messing that up because he had one chance to do it. And, you know, now she's stuck there forever.
0: Or if, the, if, if you know the, the myth of Theseus, uh, one of the things that happened to Theseus was he and his friend decided to go get themselves the most beautiful wives in creation. Uh, Theseus went and kidnapped Helen of Troy when she was like five. Yep. And he left her with his mom so she could grow up into being a hottie for him. That That's... Creepy right there, but that's just a side note here. For his buddy, whose name I'm forgetting, unfortunately, but he was a jerk. He's like, well, I want someone. I want Zeus's daughter. So they went to the underworld to take Persephone. And they sat down in chairs, and the chairs adhered to their bodies. Yep. So later on, Heracles, on his way down to steal Cerberus, noticed Theseus, who was like a cousin, strapped to a chair. And since Theseus hadn't actually tried to kidnap Persephone, Heracles ripped him out of the chair, which meant he lo- he lost some of his butt. I'm not kidding. <laughs> that's in the myth. Theseus left some of his butt on the chair. But Theseus could pull it out. But they couldn't pull the other guy out because he had actually tried to – he'd put hands on Persephone. So Hades was like, yeah, I don't really care about that other guy, but this guy, this guy is not leaving. And so that's like one of the few times where somebody – Got out of Hades, and the only reason it worked was because he had Heracles there. Yeah, and Heracles didn't understand that whole concept of you can't do this and would have actually wrecked the place. Her- Her-
1: Her- Heracles, Theseus is an outlier. Um, but yeah. the to flip that around, the Shadowlands we 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 understand very little of it, even in game at this point. And it's we've talked about this a little bit on Lore Watch, and maybe not as much here. But there is a cycle of rebirth, and we see that with Ardenwald. But we don't know how all four of those particular zones necessarily fed into each other, and what their cycle was, because yeah. the being that could tell us how that works right now is inert. So we may have an
0: in. Of course, he's a nerd. He knows a lot about <laughs> Shadowlands. <laughs>
1: But we we have a very small glimpse of how that system actually works, but at first glance, as we're starting to go through these areas, it feels like the system is built upon rebirth, built upon leaving the Shadowlands, regaining life, uh, building your anima stores back up, and then bringing it back into the Shadowlands after you pass again.
0: Maybe you don't come back as you but you may come like back. something comes back. There is a yeah. return from the land of the dead. Yeah. And th- there's also like, I don't want to get too, too belaboring all this because Joe's made a really good point that we don't actually know everything yet, but we know that for instance, when you're done in Revendreth, you can choose to leave it. It doesn't yeah. mean you necessarily come back, but you can go somewhere else. So there's a lot to the, the way the four zones work that we, we really are just scraping the surface of. So, yeah, I think it's, it's quite possible that, Shadowlands are far more forgiving than say the realm of Hades where one guy got to leave and eventually ended up right back there <laughs> you know uh, Theseus died he went back uh, and, so yeah and
1: all that to say uh all that aside uh if anybody from Blizzard is listening and you need voice actors try to get your hands on Logan Cunningham and Ashley Barrett please get them in wow somehow let them sing in game together give me something with them i'll be a happy camper <laughs> I don't know do we ha i think we don't really have time for any more, do we
0: let's see it's it's seven twenty two So we have eight minutes, and there's one really big one left. I think we can try. Let's try for it. All right, this one comes from our good friend Shad.
1: Uh, I've never cashed in the character backstory option that came with my Patreon subscription because I never felt good about the Blood Elf Paladin I main. The reason I play a paladin in a race I do not think is aesthetically great for it can be summed up as, I always play a paladin because I am a walking paladin. Ask anyone who knows me and knows my fantasy tropes. Also, I had to play Horde because friends. The longer explanation is that I have mained a Belf Pally since since uh, that was an option. I'm a loyal person. As an example, I am now GM of the only guild I have ever been in, and even though the guild is only a roster of friendly ghosts and a community of great memories, uh, sorry, I, wrong cadence there, but even though it's a roster of friendly ghosts and a community of great memories, I tried a Tauren Paladin back in Kata, I think, but Taurens feel like warriors and shaman to me. However, the Blood Elf is so slight that some armor sets, the Banana armor set for example, looks like a uh, tween made it for cosplay contest. I rolled a Zandalari Troll Paladin as soon as it went live, and the Zandalari Troll is the sweet spot in terms of animation and aesthetic, not too big, not too slight. The armor sets look amazing, so now I'm considering a race change on the only main I have ever had. Everything I have ever done in WoW outside of leveling alts and class-specific stuff uh, has been done on this one character. This is a big deal for me, and I can only admit it in the safe space that is Blizzard Watch has created, for which I thank you. Uh, anyway, before requesting the character backstory, I would like to hear Matt and Joe discuss whether a Zandalari Troll Paladin, protection if we must be specific, can I have... Th- and I have a logical backstory that includes every piece of content from BC to launch 8.2 and horrific visions and solo content after that. If so, I'll reach out to discuss that with you. If not, I am willing to listen to your advice on the matter. Thank you. I uh, thank well, thank all of you for being my Oasis in a world of crazy. Uh, first of all, Shad, you are very, very welcome. And I'm glad you feel safe here. Uh, I got to tell you
0: right up front, I can solve this for you and I can do it in one one phrase. Hero of the Zandalar mm-hmm. which was in a title that my human earned back in vanilla because the Zandalari showed up when Zul'Gurub dropped and made common cause with the Horde and Alliance, both of them, both groups to stop Hakkar. Yep. And that means there were zandalari in the game just off the coast of, of of stranglethorn right near gromgol when bc dropped so if you want to have a zandalari paladin who's done all that stuff just say that that one zandalari paladin was interested in exploring the horde and reconnecting with like the you know the, main the, the trolls that were in it and he just ended up sticking around for a while and thus he got to see all that stuff Maybe he was secret, like a secret agent for Rastakhan, checking up on the Horde, seeing what was going on. You know, he he obviously wouldn't have been down with Zul. So when Zul showed up in in Kata, he would have fought that because he's working for Rastakhan. And And you can have that no problem. And not only that, but like... When
1: you're dealing with Rastakhan, this makes perfect sense. Everything Rossi's saying, it makes perfect sense for it. When you get to Zandalar and you're dealing with Rosicon, they're not ignorant of the Horde. They're not ignorant of the world events that have happened. They talk about cataclysm. They talk about the great wars that have been waged from the mainlands. There's a whole bunch of discussion about it. Walk around uh, the city of Zandalar. Take your time. The Zara lore walk through there and listen and talk to some of the NPCs when you first get there. They're not surprised to see you. They are very nervous because you're there because they know what's going on. How do they know that? Because they have people that have been ferrying them information. Everything else he said fits that narrative perfectly. Your character, this battle for Azeroth could have been that return for your character to take everything that they've learned from Northern Strangle, Thorn Vale, all the way to current and report to Rastakan before we get there, before the rest of the Horde arrives. Uh, Reports to the spy mistress, reports to everybody, because that was your job. It fits really, really well.
0: So. So, yeah. That I think we basically have established that. Yeah, it's do it's quite doable.
1: Yeah, so I think that's all we've got. If you want more on that one, Verd, let us know. I I think it, Chad. sorry, Chad. Shad. My apologies. Um, I'm so used to saying Verd because Verd always gives us like ten questions. That's uh, yeah, true, <laughs> Shad. If you if you want to do more of that, hit us up. I'm more than happy to talk about it more. I'm sure Matt would be as well. Uh, but let us know. Otherwise, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like your early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast for the queue, and an ads free site
0: experience. Thank you very much, Joe. Again, guys, if you have an email or question for us, you can either go to our Discord. Uh, we've got the Q Patreon Q and podcast questions channel and the Q questions channel, both of which you can ask questions on. Or you can email them to us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Subject line Podcast of Blizzard Watch. So we know for there for this show. Thank you guys very much uh, for being here with us because that's how we get to do a show at all. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast, and Joe and I will talk to you all next week.